Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is July 2nd. It is Tuesday. It's so cool when, like, you start on Monday and it's like the first, and then Tuesday's the second even though it's like the third day of the week, but it's the second day of the work week, and it somehow feels good to know that. So weird. But either way, today we are catching up, and we are doing a part two of yesterday's show. And as I was doing the show, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, we have to do part two, because the hidden emotions that we have that we don't talk about are it, it causes gaps of information between us. We don't feel part of what we're doing. We feel like we're kind of isolated, hiding half of ourselves and only showing the other half to the world. And it doesn't make us feel like we're part of the world, which is the biggest reason when I, when I realized what the subconscious mind can do and how much it knows and how much it picks up and how it comes into your dreams. It comes into, you know, when you get upset, things start coming out. You're like, oh, my gosh, why did I say that? If somebody has a drink, then they get a little bit more relaxed, and then they start talking. That's another one that comes out. Um, there was There was a feeling I had after I was on the show yesterday. And I thought to myself, imagine if we couldn't talk, if we didn't have language, how much we wouldn't know to even think about to add to what we actually feel. Because we would just do what we feel. We wouldn't have to explain it to somebody. We wouldn't have to justify it to someone. We wouldn't have to defend it to someone because we wouldn't have the words to slap onto every experience that we have. Think about that. So there was a young lady. She's in her early 20s now, and she just wrote a book, and I don't have the name of it, but I will put it on the show on the blog talk page. I was trying to find it yesterday. I saw a snippet of an interview with her and she'd never gone to public school in America or any other country, but she was born here. Her family homeschooled her. They had a farm and they lived on a farm, kind of like the old days, the way things were, where the whole family took care of their area and their, her parents didn't believe in the system, so they had these kids, and they raised them off the grid. So as she got older, she went to college, and she'd been homeschooled. She did well, She, um, but in homeschooling, they teach you math and English and, and certain things, and so the parents were controlling what she was learning on certain things, and so she did not know things about like the Holocaust. She did not know about a lot of the race issues we have. 
she did not know about a lot of the wars that were going on. And so what happened to her was she just thought everyone was the same. When she raised her hand to ask what the Holocaust was, they thought she was joking. But bigger than that was that she didn't walk in with any prejudice towards anything or anyone, one way or the other. And because she didn't know a lot of stuff about what we're doing, how we feel about each other, what we've turned each other into, she just saw the world for the world. And it was a lot of pressure and a lot of having to catch up to what everybody's been inputted with to get catch up to people. It's really crazy. But she really didn't know. Like a baby. Until we tell it what to think, it doesn't know what to think. It just loves everybody, including itself. You don't even have to have the self-love conversation. Because it was never in question. So it was, it's something to really think about. If I couldn't talk, would I feel like I have to justify my every move? I know in my culture, you know, being raised Muslim and being in this community of everybody having to be perfect. And if you weren't perfect, that was the definitely the one thing you did not tell anybody. So everybody would hide what they thought was their ugly and they only showed themselves as being just pretty much textbook perfect. And I couldn't figure it out. I would, I would wonder, like, well, are they human? Gosh, I don't want to be like them. Then I can't do anything. And as I got older, I found out everybody was doing everything, but nobody was talking about it because the illusion of perfect, their reputation as perfect, was all they wanted. And unless you got caught red-handed doing something, you were going to deny, deny, deny to death. And so every single hidden emotion we have, we did not talk about. And I remember at 12 years old having a conversation with my mom. I remember myself sitting at the table in the kitchen while she was cooking. And I was asking her why everybody was so perfect. And at 12 years old, I told her, as an adult, I will not be able to live here because I'm forced to be part of the community and I don't want to live like that. And and actually it happened. I didn't realize how strong I felt. But I knew that I was not going to live as an adult in Chicago and I did not. Isn't that crazy? 
because I spoke on my hidden emotions. And because I did, I put that energy in motion. Think about that. When people think about things all the time and say, well, this never works out for me. And I say, well, what never works out for you? Oh, it's, it's not a big deal. And I said, well, if you're upset about it, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. And once they tell me, I knew if I gave them a next step, it would start working. The power of our mind is way more spacious to create than us limiting our thoughts. And I know that. And so in my brain, I want to build bridges of transition. I want to see your thought that you feel is holding you back, whichever one it is, and I want to see and give it a next step. Because I know, and I I did it with my kids. They are my Petri dish. But I knew that if they loved something, all I had to do was show it to them. Let them feel it. Let them touch it. Let them do it. I was at the beach the other day, and I saw somebody on a, um, what are those, skateboards. And I said, God, I love skateboarding. And the person next to me said, you skateboard? And I go, I could skateboard like the best of them. I love skateboarding, but I'm 57 now. I don't know if it's in my best interest to be flipping around, but the way it really came down was I did it before. It was years ago. And when I was teaching Sunday school with the kids and I told them I can skateboard, they did not believe me. One of them brought a skateboard and they they brought it and we we left the class and we went out into the parking lot and they wanted me to skateboard and they got their phones ready to film it because they were going to catch me falling and they never did and they never did it was fun. It was fun for me to see their faces. One of them even called me by a name that wasn't my own. They, they started calling me Natalie because he got so flustered that he was trying to film me. And it was really cute. And I didn't even do much. But I was wearing a skirt. I didn't know they were bringing the skateboard. So that's how that went. But think about how when we say we can do something, we really do do it. It's not that big of a deal when you think about it because it sounds like, yeah, well, duh, you said it, you're going to do it. But I met a lot of people who are doing stuff that will tell me I've always wanted to do and fill in that blank. Even people my age who wanted to start doing something brand new that they've never done before. And I remember once looking up a community class that did that and said, one night a week, see if you like it. That's it, just one night a week. But what happens 
to our hidden emotions when we do that. That's the bigger thing. It's not just that they did it on the outside and we proved that we could. But it takes what works inside of you and it sends a memo to every thought you have. Hey, look. Hey, look. They woke up their soul. They're doing something new. Check this out. Everything wakes up and you start to feel alive. If you could put faces on the cells, it's like a party. It starts going on and then you you don't know why you feel so good and why you have so much energy. And it was because your brain got to learn something new. That's how powerful our growing is. We were taught to grow, work hard, so that we don't have to do anything. And then when we get there, we don't have anything to do. My parents were one of those. They they retired together. We had two separate businesses. My mom had a bakery. My dad had a grocery store. And they were back at work in a year. Brand new bakery, brand new grocery store. Because they lived the American dream so well that when they got to retirement, they had no hobbies. They were bored out of their wits at that time. This was a long time ago. Now there's so many options and places to travel and to do all of those things. But at that time, they've never worked it into their lives. They were immigrants and they worked hard. They had nothing in there other than the enjoyment of their work. And so when they went back the second time, their work became their hobby. But the feelings we talked about yesterday, about the emotions, that we never talk about, like feeling that the life you have carefully planned out doesn't make any sense anymore, the feeling of being frustrated because you're stuck in one body in one place and you can only do one thing at a time, and yet we have this list of things to do a day, and then boom, we have anxiety, let alone freedom to think of what we would like to do. The feeling that we get when we look someone in the eye realizing that we make ourselves really vulnerable when we do that. So we don't do it. I remember the one and only time I was in New York and I was walking around. I, I think I clocked it at like 26 miles in three days. It was, it was kind of nice, though. I, I loved that part of it. But nobody looked at each other. Nobody. There's this weird stare at anything but a human being as you're walking down the street. You can see enough to see where you're going, what you're doing, but you you actually, it's an art. Nobody has eye contact. I couldn't believe it. Right in the heart of the city, I in other parts it was a little bit more <laughs> relaxed, but in the city, In the thick of the day, 
and people are going to work and doing, I was there for a film festival. Once you get in a building and you meet people, it's a whole different world. These are fascinating people. I was just riveted with how much energy and excitement for people's work that they had. It was, it, it, I get what people say about New York, but had I only visited and not been there for a reason and met people inside buildings and for social events and for things that were planned, I would have left thinking, my God, these people don't talk to each other at all. Nobody knows each other. What is the lore of New York? But I realized that it is a vulnerability that everybody is protecting because there's so many people in such a small space that there's no way to create space around you. And so their thoughts and the things they think about and all of that, they kind of take that time as their own personal time in a crowd. That's their quiet time in the weirdest way, in the middle of a crowd. It's really interesting. But another feeling that we have that we don't verbalize is the feeling of being tired of going through the same old issues, the same old problems that we have not grown out of. A lot of us have issues that we think and somehow we believe are a part of life in the weirdest way. Like, well, that's just the way things are. That's just the way things are. That's what we start saying. And it's not just the way things are. We lead ourselves to believe that whatever it is that's happening in our life can never go away. And it can. And that's why we feel tired. It is exhausting to feel like we're not going to grow. When, when I saw Christ, what happened to my brain and what happened to my life was that I wasn't allowed to not grow. You know, you have these periods of time where it's kind of quiet and things are just flowing and you're doing great. I was doing great when I saw him. So I didn't understand what needed changing. I didn't even know about self-love and and the things that I built into my behavior because I was hurt. My, My, I call them homegrown protections. Okay, I can't do this because this hurt me and I can't do that. When those were the things I should be doing so that I healed. So that I healed. So that we heal. Because if we don't heal, we will not grow. And Christ didn't come and heal me of everything I had. What happened was, I was given experiences that I had to face to the point where I saw what I was doing. And once I could see what I was doing, 
to make a decision on what I was going to do about it. And honestly, they were the hardest lessons of my life because seeing ourselves is one thing. Changing what we have invested in, which is our pain, which is our addictions, which is our angers, which is all that stuff we put in big-time investment. That's what we lead with when we talk to everyone. Everybody in the world has wronged me. Even though I never said it. But I was, I was sad. I was divorced. I was sad my family wasn't together. I was still not over how I was treated in the marriage. And also... And also that I had a hand in allowing that. Yet, as hard as it was to see that, in order for Christ to get underneath all these hidden emotions that we have was the power of his love. I knew that Christ was going to be there at the end of it all, no matter what I did, no matter what my choice was. And if my choice was not to grow, something inside of me knew he was going to give me another way to learn it. And we need to have that support. We already feel isolated enough And to know that we have a support system of some kind is the one emotion, the one belief, the one string of faith that will keep us facing what's new to us. Doesn't matter what the new is, But think about the excitement of the happy, I always put smile faces on ourselves, how happy they are when we challenge ourselves. Another one of the hidden emotions we have is the feeling of being part of a conversation where everybody's speaking and no one is listening. That makes us feel like we're drowning. God is listening. Christ is listening. Not only is there a listening, there's an energy exchange of a feeling that we are not alone. I don't care how alone we are. I don't care where we sit by ourselves. I don't care how much we tell ourselves no one cares, God cares. God cares. If there's anything I have learned after seeing Christ, and and we're going on 18 years, I I always jump to the next year after I've I've hit the year. So I'm, I'm on 18 years now. But ever since I saw him, there was something that was never allowed to happen. And that was for me to attack myself. 
I no longer was able to, to play the tape that I used to tape myself every time I would feel like something didn't work out. And I would be like, oh, my gosh, well, nothing ever works out for me. Everybody else gets this, but I don't. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And then after I saw him, I couldn't say that anymore. And I remember playing the tape and going, oh, geez, that's not true. That's not true. And then I didn't know what to do. I was like, well, wait a minute. If that's not true, well, how do I be depressed now? And then Christ said to me, well, depression is just when your passion is squashed. It's not a permanent condition. It is a temporary condition. So what happened to my hidden emotions, the stuff I don't say, I was no longer able to say to myself. And when I was no longer able to say it, it had to be replaced with something. And it got replaced with, oh, wow, I can't say that anymore. What do I say now? And that's when I started doing the shows of, hey, when you're feeling down or like you're kind of stuck, pop some popcorn and watch a movie. If you feel like you want to cry, put on a really sad movie and let it come out. Don't think that, oh, but I cried. Crying is so good for us. Because to get to the point of crying, you have to be so open to allowing your feelings to be felt. Can't just hold them back. Because they got to go somewhere. Because someone is listening. Someone is listening. God is always listening. Seeing Christ and being Muslim and seeing Christ took everything I knew about religion and and made it like this far dot in my mind. And all I can see and feel is God. And to top that off, remember the girl I told you about who didn't know stuff? What happened to me was the opposite. I was raised heavily in the Muslim community. And now I am just free to love and feel God. And God is a loving God. Knowing that there is no stern punishment waiting for my every wrong move has freed me to love God. And that love has no longer allowed me to lie to myself and tell myself that no one is there, that I can't grow, that no one is listening to me, that I'm vulnerable if I get close to people 
not to try new things. All of that systematically, that nobody cares, that I feel out of place, all those feelings, I could no longer say. The best part of what happened after seeing Christ was that I I enjoyed my alone time in a different way because I knew that I was no longer alone. Even if I didn't see anyone for a week, which is nearly impossible, but even. And I started carving out time to be alone. I started carving out time to be alone, to feel that time with God. It was almost like God became a friend. And I like challenging those thoughts that I always have that I'm alone in this big world, me out of all people. And I started saying, you are not. Stop saying that to yourself. Where is that coming from? And then I had to learn about ego and how it sneaks in there and tries to tell us we're not worth a dime. But don't ever say that to other people. You act like you are worth something. Instead, I just knew God's love said that without words. And it's a very special world and connection to not let the hidden emotions of us feeling less than be what leads our lives. You guys, I have 10 seconds. Have a great day. I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.